Hello, it's Evie here. Just to let you know, in this episode, we talk about topics that include cancer and death. So if that's not for you, please feel free to turn off. Bye. Evie, did you know the average person uses 11,000 disposable menstrual products throughout their lifetime? I did not. That can't be great news for the planet or our pockets. Nope, not good news at all. It's estimated over 100 billion menstrual disposables end up in landfill every year and we have to spend money buying new menstrual products every single month. Well, there's not much we can do about that, is there? Well, actually, Modibody already have the solution. Modibody is absorbent underwear that was founded to help people better manage their periods and incontinence without the need for disposable pads, tampons or liners at all. Okay, so they sound amazing. They are, my friend. They're a far more comfortable solution that is better for our bodies and for our environment. They are also gorgeous, by the way. They have so many amazing styles and colours and you'd have no idea that they hold up to 20 millilitres or four tampons worth. Right, I need to get on this. They sound magic. Yes, they are. Head to Modibody's website now and claim 15% off with the code PODCAST15 to grab a pair of the voted number one period and incontinence underwear. That's PODCAST15, all in capitals, for 15% off. Some exclusions apply. Our world is dying, politicians are lying And just when you feel like crying Sit and have a listen to people who have shit themselves Hi, I'm Claudia. I'm Evie. And we are the hosts of The Poodcast. The Poodcast is a podcast on a mission to learn about those living with bowel and bladder conditions. And this week we are discussing bowel cancer as part of Bowel Cancer Awareness Month, which is very new for us. I don't think we've ever dug this deep, Evie. No, we haven't, I don't think. No. Um, But it's quite nice to be able to do something that ties in with the month because we did sort of do a bit of endometriosis during endometriosis awareness month which was march and Mm -hmm. now i think we just thought let's continue that and move on to bowel cancer we're all about the months we're very calendar orientated us although i also discovered that ibs awareness month is also april so i feel like there's quite a lot going on there's only so much we can do people we've only got two bums and two tums I know, and not a brain cell between us. Two teeny (laughs) tiny brains. Two teeny (laughs) tiny woman brains. But Evie, how is your one bum and your one tum and your one teeny tiny brain? Well, I mean, actually, it's nice to say all fine, but I'm in a bit of a bad mood today. Uh Uh-oh. And I'll tell you for why, although you (laughs) actually already know this. Basically... I'm going to pretend. Why? Because I received on Instagram... I've received, I'm getting up now, <laughs> a re- request. Yeah. And it was a request, which Claudia and I sometimes get on Instagram because of we're the, the podcast. We're very popular, we're very popular people. Sometimes people ask us to promote their brands, which is yeah. nice, and that's fine and interesting. Um, sometimes we ignore it if it's not really relevant or we think it looks very we strange. We don't want to promote your cheese, definitely. No. Oh, God, I would so promote cheese. I fucking turn uh-huh. into the wheel of brie if I could. Wheel but of brie. But I got a message from a lady today called Janet. Hi, Janet. Shout out. Shout out to Janet. And she sent at 3am this morning. She sent, <laughs> me... <Sorry. laughs> she sent me some pictures of a, um, a like a link to the um, Instagram p- profile that she manages. Yeah, very professional from Janet. And she says... Hope you are good. I work with a client who needs podcasters to re- to receive a review kit of their product and they will promote your podcast. If you are interested in teaming up with this brand and earning while doing so, message and then it was at smoothmyballs. <laughs> and I've gone on to the to the link smoothmyballs. I'm just doing it now. Janet wants me to receive and review a product called the turf chopper and its tagline is never nip your sack again and all of these products are about how to as a man or somebody with um a penis and testicles to remove your pubic hair and i'm not gonna lie i'm pretty fucking offended because i don't i hey i'm all for Hey, I'm all for intimate products being reviewed. I wouldn't have a problem if you asked me to promote your, I don't know, vaginal 
gems. Oh, I don't send mind. in the vaginal gems, please. <laughs> in all colours. I won't mind, but there's also <laughs> one of the products. It's called the Pube Muncher. And it says, never clog your sink again. And it's a <laughs> it's a product which um, obviously just trims your pubes. But it, it has on the front a little, like, Cookie Monster style face. And it says, mm. feed, feed me pubes. Feed me pubes. <laughs> and I'm like, Janet, I don't want to be a part of this, Janet. Janet. So I'm I wonder. Fucking pissed. <laughs> I wonder whether, and I think I've cracked it. I okay, tell me more. Janet has got in contact with us because she wants me to write her jingle. <sighs> That's so what this is about, Claudia. I've, I've nailed it, and it would go a little something like this. Feed me pubes in the morning, feed me pubes in the night, feed me pubes all day and all night long, feed me pubes makes me feel so right, feed me pubes. Okay, bearing in mind you've just riffed that, that was remarkable. (laughs) You're welcome. Janet, send me my fee, I'll invoice you later, you crazy puby bitch. So, I mean, and the, I'm also offended because she didn't actually send it to the Poodcast Instagram. She sent it to my personal Instagram. I so didn't she, know that. <laughs> so she ex- she excluded you. She thought, Claudia's not got testicles. I'll send it to you. She Lady doesn't instead. need this. <laughs> so I'm absolutely furious. So Janet, from me to you, go and fuck yourself. <laughs> Claudia, how are your bum and tum? Oh, dear. Oh, God, sorry. My bum and tum are a lot better now from listening to that. Um... <laughs> Oh, my mum and Tom have been a little bit rubbish for two reasons. One, so You're I ginger. Don't, one, I'm ginger, so my pubes, you don't want to be fed. They have been on fire. It's a different flavour than what <laughs> you's expecting. It's um, like the, the Madras world of pubes. the sweet chilli sensation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, my... So I don't really get periods anymore because of the contraception that I'm on um and yet so this girl has started at my work for a few months now she's also called Claudia so she already you know she's encroaching she's encroaching she's Canadian and one of our children refused they had said there's only one there's only the original Claudia so so she became Claude on her first day they took her into the office and said you need to now be called Claude bless her socks (laughs) that's quite the the entrance so Canadian Claude um, and she's been saying all week, she's like, Claudia, my um, my baby box is like being aggressive. Like I've got cramps so bad. And she's been going on all week how she's got cramps. Yesterday, her period finally came. And so did mine. I've synced up with Canadian Claude. You Claude Canadian squared. Claude squared. We're bleeding together. Me and my namesake. It's really fucking annoying because I don't, I don't get periods anymore. And I've forgotten how fucking annoying they are. And my tummy is really bad today. It's shit. So your and tummy is bad as in diarrhea or sore, bloating, all the above. Uh, it's the above. diarrhea and cramping. That They are the worst too. The cute ones. Yeah. I think, the, um, I think obviously bloating is uncomfortable. But diarrhea and cramps, I mean, there's nothing that can make you feel better. I didn't need I it. So I, I no, feel no, no. like I'm like being really passag with her. Like... You're passag with everyone, though. I am passag with everyone because very few people don't annoy me constantly. Um, Sounds like a curry, like one of the pube flavors. Lamb passag (laughs) (laughs) with a side of blood. Um, Horrible! I just ruined curries for everyone. Um, So that's that's reason number one, and I guess bit topical for this episode. Reason number two, my tummy has been shite because somebody very close to me has terminal cancer, um, and it's been quite horrendous the last month. And I feel like everyone can relate to that feeling of you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, why do I feel like this? And you're like, oh, because that's I'm constantly anxious. Like, yeah, yeah, just constantly feel a bit sad. Like and so oh, you just that's... kind of you just carry that around with you. So I think I think we talk a lot about like anxious tummy, and it, and it is anxious because I'm very worried about them. But I think mostly they're just going through a really hard time, and you don't want anyone you love to feel really sad. Of and course, I think, I think that's where I just I and and my whole family just feels sad. So I just I just feel like 
you just kind of walk around with this extra almost like you've had a passag lamb passag mm. that you know that you're carrying that extra tummy weight that's kind of how i feel but a bit of tummy weight sadness which is so a bummer. if not only you well you might sync up sad with them as well so you're going to be i'm synced with claudia sad. you're going to be syncing up sad i'm very very sorry to hear that that's really Thank not you. very pleasant no, it's a it's a, a shame because I mean, for so many, many reasons, but it's, it is that impending doom, which is something I actually suffer from when there isn't any impending doom. So I can't imagine how you're feeling when there, there's a legitimate reason to feel impending doom. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I do have a reason to feel impending doom, like because we are all eventually going to meet our end. It's just yes. that it's not necessarily, you don't have, like, you don't know when or why, whereas when mm. you've had that, that this person is not going to recover yeah um that sense of impending doom is only going to play into every anxiety that you've ever had exactly this is why you're anxious and claudia you're going to stay anxious forever forever it's horrible it's not going to go so So i'm very sorry to hear that thank you but it's um it's it's great to talk to guests like today who are doing um our wonderful guests that we're about to meet um who you know do so much for cancer awareness um and especially the you know the person that I love is quite an old lady but it's it's good that we're talking about it in people that are much younger yeah that you wouldn't expect to because I think it is it does kind of flip it on its head a bit and give you an image that you wouldn't have necessarily put two and two together for yeah Um, definitely because um I'm very lucky in that none of my nobody close to me really has had cancer Mm. um unfortunately I've lost three grandparents to Mm. cancer but that was when I was much younger and I perceived them to be very old and just par for the course really which is borderline sociopathic but I was I was three so um (laughs) but um but you know you kind of when you're young and little and you've got grandparents you kind of in your head you go okay yeah of course you know they're old even if I mean when my grandmother died she was 69 which is is no age really at all um um but so kind of my experience of cancer has been that's something that old people get my grandparents get Mm -hmm. and they die of it it's not my colleagues my friends my partners so talking to lauren about people that have have passed away who are her contemporaries and and younger um i'm I'm sure hopefully will be very enlightening conversation for for all of us and i'm very grateful that um things are starting to lift up a bit now as i'm sure a lot of people like my top way She's got her tits out on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I bet you guys are so jealous that this is a podcast and I've just seen Evie's tits. I've seen Claudia's tits in the past. Many a time. I've got a photo of you and me on our phone, on my phone, not that we we don't share a phone, that that I'm constantly worried I'm going to send to somebody because it is us us balancing Mm. our breasts on it was like a like an island like a kitchen island yeah it was the top of a kitchen counter like almost like a like a a hatch like a bar like a little window i believe it's called a breast hatch i believe that yeah well certainly that's what they call it in colonial times Um, absolutely in the days of yore (laughs) the days of yore (laughs) um but when um i think maybe we should like star out the nips and put it on instagram just so everyone can see what we're talking about there the thing is i wouldn't worry about that it's my face (laughs) yeah we are so fucked it, oh, I look I, like I've been... Dra- you know that phrase, dragged through a hedge backwards, you don't really mean it. I literally look like I've been dragged through a hedge backwards. I look it? like I've been dragged through a hedge forwards, mate. Like, <laughs> gee, I, I'd rather not star out the nipples, star out my face. So just blur the faces and then no one will know who it is other than the fact we've had this conversation. That doesn't bother yeah. me so much, I think. <laughs> let's Because nobody, nobody needs that. But maybe... Maybe having a bit of a down day and maybe my boobs will yeah. perk you up. They perk me up whenever I'm having a down day. That's the picture I look at. Pinky and perky, you and me, babe, till the end. <laughs> Permission to discuss condition. So April is Bowel Cancer Awareness Month. And in light of this, we have activist and cancer campaigner Lauren Mahon gracing our ears. Lauren was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2016 at 31. And having completed her treatment, she is now four years cancer free. She is one of the hosts of the wonderful BBC podcast, You, Me and the Big C, along with bowel babe Deborah James and Steve Bland. She also founded the Girl vs Cancer campaign community, which is for, and I quote, 
badass humans making cancer their bitch and the time to <laughs> chat and the time to chat shit campaign lauren welcome and um, how are your bum and tum this week oh my bum and tum this week do you know what yeah i had a funny bum and tum on tuesday it's been otherwise, otherwise half a year i just had a bit of a gassy sore tummy um on tuesday i think a lot of it would be to do with the level of alcohol i consumed but the pub's been open yeah. so yeah that was me this week but otherwise all happy healthy and well thank the lord good i feel like everybody's walking around with the slightly worse bum and tum since the pubs have reopened but i you agree know, praise be to expected that. isn't it <laughs> like i think if you return um and you've not obviously been going to the pub and then all of a sudden you, you start going i mean i'm speaking from experience last thursday had a few margaritas the next day bum absolute write off yeah. so you are you're in good company <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm glad <laughs> Christ, definitely, not. definitely not here so lauren could you just tell us a little bit about your cancer diagnosis yeah, I mean, God, it, just, it feels like a lifetime ago. Now, I'm coming up for five years since diagnosis. <laughs> wow, so I was diagnosed wow. with breast cancer at the tender age of 31 um, with barely any tits and no family history. So it was a massive shock, um, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I wasn't checking my breast regularly. It wasn't something I was told to do. It wasn't something I was like knew that me, any of my friends were doing. It wasn't something we ever talked about. Um, and to be honest with you, I had this perception that you had to have a significant sized bosom to get breast cancer I didn't really class my boobs as breasts for me they've always been a bit of a goodwill gesture I don't really have a like a love affair with them. they're just there they live on me that's about they're it just hanging out rent they're free just hanging out rent free on the chest um, <laughs> yeah I've always had this kind of you know not real, a real relationship with my breasts so when I found out it was cancer um it was a big shock because it just blew my head off I didn't think it would be something I ever had to worry about to be honest breast cancer um and yeah, so that was in that was in 2016 August. I then went through infertility treatment, so I had my eggs frozen. I was very very fortunate to be offered that. Um, wow. So if future Lauren would like to have children, she has nine eggs to uh, unfreeze and maybe you know fertilise them. Lauren. Yeah, yeah you got the, the von von Trapp family yeah, on ice. Imagine, I, I I prefer blazing squads. <laughs> the blazing squads. Um, so like, imagine there been nine of me. Quite scary. Get um, the merch in now. I love yeah, it. I know. Nine little t-shirts. Um, so <laughs> I, I had I had my eggs frozen. Started chemo the following week. Was in chemo for six to eight months. I think I had eight rounds of chemo. Um, a lumpectomy because uh, they managed to shrink the tumor down to a, a small enough size that they could do that. Um, and then yeah, about 50, 25 rounds of radio, and then ongoing hormonal treatment. So it's been a ride. Um, and I think anyone who's been diagnosed with cancer never really feels cancer-free. You kind of just get further and further away from it, so it feels like not your reality, but something that kind of lives alongside you, like a really annoying little brother or something. Um, but, yeah, that was my cancer diagnosis. But, yeah, as you said, I'm coming up touch wood, coming up for four years. Is there any wood in here? Door frame will do. I'm touching. I'm surrounded yeah. by a massive cupboard. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yes, thanks for touching that wood for me. Um, but, yeah, yeah, coming up for four years, fingers crossed now, cancer-free, um, which is mental, especially, like, unfortunately having um, lost so many friends to the disease along the way. It just makes you appreciate how lucky I am to have caught it as early as I did and for the treatments that have been available to me living in the UK, living in the city of London. Yeah. Really lucky girl. Yeah. uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was something that you... um... You put in your stylist article and you said, I'm just going to quote you, you Mm. said, going through the cancer experience was hands down the most traumatic thing I've ever had to endure. But in the wake of COVID cancer crisis we now face, it feels like a very privileged one. And that really struck a chord with me because it's, I'm sure at the time you were never thinking, I might look back and be glad I had cancer now rather Mm. than in five years time. And I mean, that's such an amazing perspective. What what are your concerns about people who have cancer now today? Well, the thing is now today, Today, with it being COVID, we would know there's a huge backlog, and I'm not going to quote the stats. I'm sure I'll get it wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Actually, no, but I think we're like 40,000 cases now behind um, oh in God. cancer care, according to Cancer Research. It's it's really scary because what's happened is when COVID hit, it was like stay home, save our NHS. But what they didn't say was your GPs are still open for anything that might concern you. Um, so a lot of people weren't going and getting symptoms checked. Um, it also meant the screenings were shut down throughout the UK. So cervical um, screenings, bowel cancer screenings, breast cancer screenings, which catch a lot of cancers early. So there's a lot of people walking around with cancers in them that A, just didn't go to the GP because they didn't want to burden the NHS or, you yeah. know, 
most people put off going anyway when there's a problem. So it just gives them an excuse. But then also for those who are already in the system, there are a lot of cancelled surgeries, cancelled treatments, people not getting the same like treatment line of care they would have gotten. Um, you had people that treatments, unfortunately, you know, they're at stage four and they were told their cancers were, their treatments were being stopped. Um, a dear friend of ours, Kelly Smith, uh, said this treatment was stopped last year and she sadly died in July of last year as a result oh of, of, not, of not, I mean, it wouldn't have saved her life. She had stage four, but it would have prolonged her life. Um, so that's the thing. You always want to think that when you do eventually reach the end of the road, you go there with no ifs, ands, or buts, pardon the pun, and the, and the bloody podcast were on. Um, <laughs> it, 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 for Kelly, it was that whole thing of how long more she'll have had. At least if it was only a week, they would have known it was a week because they've done everything, you know? Um, so yeah. that's my concern. But also, it's I've got friends who've been through the cancer experience in my community during COVID. Now, one perk they've said is that you don't get FOMO because the whole world on lock, is unlocked. So yeah. where I was like pulling my hair out, well, couldn't pull my hair out because I had no fucking hair. But where I was at home, like, <laughs> being, oh my God, all my mates are out living their life. I'm falling behind. I'm not able to like do the things I want to do as a normal 30 year old, like date, further my career, make memory, travel, you know, all those things. Um, that kind of didn't happen for the community during lockdown. But what it did do was meant they, sh- they were shielding. So a lot of them couldn't even form support bubbles. Um, oh. It meant going to all the cancer appointments alone. Now, for me, that is is just a really, I just can't imagine because I would not have been able to get through half of the procedures, scenarios that I was put in because of my cancer diagnosis. It wasn't ha- for having my family there at those appointments with me. Mm-hmm. So it's just been a very, very weird time. And I think when it actually comes to the, you know the the further impacts of a cancer diagnosis maybe those weren't there for the people this year who have been diagnosed but actually for those who are diagnosed I haven't had what I'd say is the usual cancer experience and have had to probably do a lot on their own um and I think mental health wise that's going to have big impacts moving forward for them too because they probably haven't processed a lot of what they're going through because I've had to really just keep it in and keep trucking yeah yeah definitely I think almost every sense of COVID we're going to sort of start really feeling the effects in a year from now when we kind of Mm. have that hindsight and are able to look back so given everything that you've been through and and treatment and you know now again touching Mm. wood remission what when did you start getting involved in sort of campaigning and reaching out and you know being part of this community was that something you could only do sort of once you'd come through it or did right from the offer you're like I need support I want to talk to everyone I'm gonna go tits deep yeah 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 absolutely that's that's exactly what happened I got right tits deep in it I, um, I, I did I, it was an instant thing for me I think the minute I left the hospital I was in such shock um went straight to the pub um Perfect. got all my friends around me because it was just easier to deal with everyone there and kind of just oh, was like wow. I, I, I need to, like, I was not checking my breasts. I did not think that I would get breast cancer. I thought I was super fucking human. We all do when you're young. We all think that nothing bad can happen to you. And so I I was like, I need to do something. I didn't know what that something was. Um, but I knew I wanted to use my platform. I had about two, 3,000 followers on Instagram through blogging and stuff. And, you know, I thought, well, if me, the girl with no family history and no tits can get cancer, then, mm. you know, the chances are there's a lot more people who are much more uh, vulnerable pe- place to get it than I am so I knew straight away um I didn't tell anyone on social media for a long time I got diagnosed the 31st of August and I think I told everyone around the 26th of October I think or yeah. like it was coming up to Halloween it was just before I started chemo and I thought right now's the time and I think it was just before I got my hair cut the short as well um I just decided that I'd be really open about it and then it kind of just rolled and I couldn't find you know, I couldn't find girls like me. Like, I could find women who've had breast cancer, of course. There's a lot of support for the breast cancer community, thankfully. But it's the way it's done. It's the tone of voice. It's this head tilt, pity, empowering. But what I'd say is, like, pink, fluffy, empowering. Like, yeah, let's jump around in our bras. And that, that's just not fucking me, mate. Uh, it's fine yeah. if it is, but it just ain't me. And I really couldn't find young women who have had that same mentality and attitude as I did um, that I could relate to and go, oh, if she's done it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. So that was part of it as well, is like I wanted to really shift what the perception of cancer was um, because it wasn't, it was so different to what I thought it was once I started the process. There was so much I was learning as I went. Um, 
and it just really snowballed and it has snowballed since like we're, when you think if I got diagnosed on the 31st of August become girl vs cancer was launched as a hashtag in October so we're coming up for five years of girl vs cancer wow. existing um and it's developed something so amazing that's something I'm so proud of and something that's got so much more to come um but yeah the community that's around me I, went, I did go for a phase where I had to pull myself back from it because I just lost a lot of people very short space of time. It's a lot. It's incredibly intense. Yeah, it is. But then also feel like the bonds that you make are so deep and beautiful because of what you've been through. That I, I would never. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a balance. It's like, what, do you not want to have those friendships and those connections, or you know, do you want to like shut that away, or do you want to do it? And it does come with a price sometimes, and that price is loving someone. So mm. it hurts when you lose them. But that's, of course. in ways, it keeps my head straight with it because it makes me realise how lucky I am and it makes me face my fears down the barrel. Um, mm. But also being able to be there for people, it's the best feeling in the world and just being able to have that connection is the best feeling in the world. So I don't think it's ever something I will shy away from, um, she says. Um, but, <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud that I have the space and community that I do and the relationships that I do. Um, so it's been pretty instant. It's been the last five years. Yeah, it's yeah, it's incredible. And I mean, when we were sort of writing the plan for this episode, I was looking. I was like, well, I mean, you've really done quite a lot, haven't you? Like, you've, <laughs> nah, you've I'm not lazy. stopped. I don't you. do much. Man. I just sit down, me <laughs> She's on the sofa. <laughs> I was like, like, I'm gonna mention this, 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 and I was like, I don't have time to fit it all in. You <laughs> She's just... quoted you nine thousand times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And obviously a lot of what we do, Lauren, is we're we're big into kind of breaking taboos and get people talking about things that they feel uncomfortable about. And obviously you were just talking then about um, the stigma and and not enough um, education, particularly Mm -hmm. being done then about checking our boobs and things like that. And that seems to be even so much further pushback with bowel cancer because people don't want to talk about poo and they're they're thoroughly embarrassed about it and so this is why we're a little bit obsessed with your time to chat shit campaign can you tell (laughs) us a little bit about this yeah I mean to be honest so one of as you said earlier one of my co-hosts in the podcast is Deborah Jones she was diagnosed with bowel cancer at 35 fit healthy veggie doesn't tick the boxes but ticked all Mm. of the red flags for bowel cancer diagnosis um and so she, so she got diagnosed at stage four and when you're diagnosed at stage four your chances of survival especially as a woman are less than 10 percent compared to, I think it's 41% for men. It's fucking shocking statistic. Why wow. Why is that, Lauren? I think because the, the stage, this is just me surmising, but I believe and I think that the reason why by the, st- the stage that a woman gets diagnosed at is because it's it's tend to be battered off with so many other things. It's IBS, it's hormones, it's endometriosis, it's that. So it spreads to places in the body just could be other things and then by the time it is diagnosed it's like, oh actually it's here then and fucking everywhere you know yeah. um so i just i i believe as well women because they don't fit the stereotype of what a bowel cancer patient looks like mm-hmm. will often be sent yes. away with other things too so it has the chance to spread um but yeah it's a really scary statistic and i just know from the work that deb does but we've talked a lot deb and i like i do a lot of in the cancer community about breast cancer community obviously from what i've been through and we talked a lot she's like it just really really upsets me that breast cancer gets so much attention but bowel cancer is the second biggest killer of women in the uk um all this stuff and i'm like you're 100 right deb like she's right and the reason why people are more comfortable talking about boobs is because they're sexualized their tits yes. their porn they let's get our boobs out look at us free yeah 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 mm. and it's like well actually you know it's the same with periods and no one wanted to talk about bleeding it's like everyone shits man woman child your favorite fucking actor the person you crush on most in the world takes a dump mm. it's like yeah that's just part <laughs> of life and I'm not saying we need to run around at the dinner table talking about our bowel movements, but I do think it's like, you know, it's, it should be something we should be able to say to our friends. I've had a sick stomach, you know, for like a couple of weeks. And then you'd be like, okay, what do you mean by that? And actually dig, dig deep and have these conversations rather than flushing them down the low, as I kept saying. Yeah, we, it's yeah. something we need to have. And, and Deb's someone who talks about it so openly. And it just... We talked about it for a long time, doing something together on Girl vs Cancer for Bowel Cancer Awareness Month, and it was just the perfect time. And you know, life had slowed down to a pace where it was like we can do this. We turned it around in three weeks. Deb said to me, "I want to do something." I was like, "I've got an idea." Bush bash bosh, made it happen, yeah. and it's probably one of the most successful campaigns Girl vs Cancer's done. I'm really proud of it. 
um, and it has really reached new audiences and it has shifted things. I think no one has seen bowel cancer in that way. You know, uh-huh. young women, um, like the eldest woman we had in our shoot was Deb, uh, Deborah, who is 60. Everyone else she is under the so age She so fabulous. So fabulous. She's a powerhouse so woman. I love Deborah. Yeah. Um, and the other women were all 40 and under, 41 and under. So, and the youngest, so Monique's 25 now. Um, and it just, it's not what people expect when they see bowel cancer. And that's the point of it. Yeah. That's the point yeah, of it. It really sort of resonated with my 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 own sort of prejudices because I was looking at the campaign and I was thinking, it's so I feel embarrassed admitting mm. it now. I was like, oh, this must just be like the fashion bit of it mm. before I get to the article. Mm. And then I looked close and I was like, oh no, all these young women have bowel cancer. And, and even though if you'd said to me, what does a bowel cancer patient look like? I would have been like, well, you know, that could be anyone. Mm. Actually, when I was confronted with those images, I was like, yeah, I really didn't have that in my head. No. And it, it was quite, it was really confronting. Yeah. And we're all used to seeing as well, like like men at a more advanced life stage, someone who drinks a lot of alcohol, someone that eats a lot of red meat. And what it does is it puts shame on those people making them feel like they've caused their cancer where it's like who doesn't go out and drink you know like all that kind of stuff it it's looking at these women who a lot of them are like really athletic vegan like Mm. you know and it's like we need to stop pitching bowel cancer as this one thing um one version of because what it's doing is it's causing people's lives to be lost because we're diagnosing them too late and you know if we actually could see i mean unfortunately and this isn't a a dig at the healthcare system because you know we know GPs are on targets and they're under a lot of pressure. Uh, but you know, because of these criteria and these perceptions of what a cancer patient looks like, when these women are showing up with like multiple red flags of bowel cancer, they've been diagnosed with something else because it couldn't possibly be that. When actually, yeah, it could. So, you know, you don't like Natalie um, Woodward, who's in um my campaign so articulately said she went oh, it's too late for me to change my story but I don't want anyone else to be the same as mine and exactly, it is that yeah. thing and it's empowering people to go in and go nah nah saying ain't right get me booked in it's a shame that you have to be that persistent but unfortunately that's being an adult isn't it it's yeah, yeah. and your health we've heard that from a lot of people um that they've had to kind of sit and say I'm not leaving this GP room until you give me a phone number or until you take this a step further and and unfortunately a lot of people do not have that sense of self or that sense of authority exactly. that they can do that so it just goes on and on and on and I mean th- this is what you want to see you want to see people that you can relate to that that you can um I don't know what the, it was, it was the disco ball for me. (laughs) And I just thought, I will stop and look at this because this is stuff that I look at all the time. And like Evie said, you know, almost looking like a fashion magazine. Whereas if you don't think it's going to relate to you, you're going to flick past it. And and this is what we need to see. And as a normal human being, if you see someone sick in a hospital bed with no hair and drips hanging out of them, you're going to look the page because you'll be like, oh my God, I turn over. But what it does is it stops people seeing the fucking human. It makes people just see a patient, a hospital number. And it's like, that's the thing that really upset me when I got sick is the way people changed the way they spoke to me or the way they looked at me because I just became this person who was on death's door and that's not true and it's not fair. And so stops people having conversations you know because they're scared of it when actually we could say look if you get if you get cancer diagnosed early your chances of survival in this country in this day and age are very high Mm. so it's getting people diagnosed at early stage you cannot stop anyone being diagnosed with cancer if you've got cancer and you've got symptoms you're not going to the gp is not going to change that what is going to change is that cancer is going to spread so my Mm. thing is as much as it's scary just go because your chances of you catch your early survival is so much higher um, and I just, the campaign I'm so proud of is just because it flips that whole idea on its head. Like, you, what girls do you know that don't go into the toilet and chat shit to their friends? Literally chatting <laughs> shit to their friends. This one is literally it. This is saying, we want these you to go and chat le- legitimate poo shit with your yeah. friends. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's, I just, my favourite thing is finding really creative, fun, fashionable ways to talk about things that no one wants to talk about. Um, and I've been, I'm really really proud of that campaign for doing that for sure. Yeah, it's and and it's as you as you say, it's kind of flipping it, changing it from that, you know, the classic ca- cancer patient with no hair with a drip or whatever. It's actually saying no, it's not that, and it's it's more it's more than that because it's more empowering because it's then not really about 
cancer and the chemo mm. it's about this individual and this person yeah, and it exactly. just feels a little bit more yeah. um a little bit more yeah. more formal and, and, and personal yeah, um exactly. and I, I yeah i just think that's really really empowering and also i just feel like what we've spoken about is basically aimed at me because i am the kind of person if i started getting symptoms i'll just be like it's fine i'll probably just leave it and mm. then i'll go to the gp and they will say oh it's probably nothing i'll go yeah okay and i won't go back for 18 Good. months okay great Good. yeah okay yeah. great fine so you know everything you're saying lauren it feels like <laughs> Uh, my rule is always me. a two-week rule. If it's persistent or gets worse, it's basically two weeks you must go and get it checked out. Yeah. If totally. it's coming and going, then I tend to track things. It's like if I get, like, mood swings, sore boobs, like, you know, because I don't really have a period cycle because of my menopause. So it's – I, I tr- when something I feel like is monthly or comes around, I'll track it because then it becomes more persistent. I'll see really easily. Um, mm. But also, like, you know, your medical team and your doctor's – that you go to your GP, A&E, they're there to help you. So if you can go in armed and say it's been like this for this long and actually be able to use the right terminology for your body parts, you know, it does help matters a lot. Well, Evie knows about that. What did mm-hmm. you call your... You oh, went in... God, this was an accident, though. Basically, mm. <laughs> basically I, um, I slipped on a chair I landed with my back onto the Mm. metal armchair and it smacked my coccyx and it was so sore and it was sore for like a month and I was like I'd googled it and they said look it is gonna bruise but it'll probably go away but I thought better just go and get it get it checked out and one of our other friends had had that happen to her and she said oh he put a finger up my ass Mm. to feel it so I went there in my head like okay I'm probably gonna have a finger up my ass what's gonna happen today and I yeah I was mentally prepared for that and I got there and I explained and he was like looked really really concerned he was really worried he got um a female nurse to come in they went through this questionnaire with me if I'd ever um been paid for sex if I'd had any rough sex recently all these like sort of very bizarre questions I was like I really don't know what they think has gone on here. And then he was like, oh, I'm just going to get the um, the nurse to examine you and I'm going to close the curtain. I'll be on the other side and we'll talk about it afterwards. And then so she got the, the she, she, she said, oh, I'm just going to have to do an internal examination. So I was like, of course, here comes the, the classic finger in ass. And it turned and then she got um, a speculum. And then she because uh, I went up to go on my side and she was like, no, no, legs apart. And I was like, I'm really not sure what's going on here. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, she gave me an internal examination in my vagina. And then she said, well, it turns out your cervix is fine. And I was like, I think I might have said the wrong word. I think I said I, I bruised my cervix and not my coccyx. But I then <laughs> didn't want to be like, whilst you're there. So could I just you, if I just flip over, could you just, yeah, great. So I, I just, oh my God. I, I just pretended everything was fine. I was like, okay, well, that is a relief. Let me tell you that. Um, and then I just never went back. And the, the, the coccyx did heal on its own. Good to know. Hallelujah. Good to know. Vocabulary <laughs> is key. Vocabulary is, is key. key, darling. Vocabulary <laughs> Oh God! So you have um, your own podcast as well, yeah. and that is something that you do with Deborah as well. Yeah. Uh, and I write in thinking that sadly one of your um, hosts um, died from from cancer as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So in twenty eighteen, September twenty eighteen, we lost uh, Rachel Brand to her I'm cancer so diagnosis. Sorry. Yeah, it was a really shit time. Um, understatement of the year. It was a really shit time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, it's also the reality of it, and you know, it was a massive learn for me. But also it just makes the podcast that more important and special to us because it's it's her legacy. And it's mm-hmm. like I I'm gutted that she hasn't been around to see the awards, to see like all of these accolades and praise that the podcast received and actually to hear from the cancer community themselves the difference that the podcast is making to them. Mm-hmm. So it's it is it is sad and it is shit, but this is she knew what was going on. She knew she was dying. She was telling us all the time. I was like, well, yeah, whatever. I see, like, you'll be here for a few months. Yeah, I didn't think it'd be as imminent as it was, but she she was just staunch with it. She was like, you must get this podcast out there. I want you to keep doing it because um, me and Deb actually had a conversation when we realised it was really bad, and we were like, if she goes, the podcast dies with her, and not doing this without her, and she kind of must have had an inkling because I remember saying. Um, before she died we were messaging each other she was like I've spoken to Steve I've spoken to Deb you're doing the pod (laughs) told you don't say (laughs) got my orders um so yeah it did but the podcast continues with Steve Bland her husband in her seat no one else would be allowed to sit in there um and it's nice we've got a male perspective but also a carer um perspective because you know as we know if someone goes through a cancer diagnosis 
it's not just the person who, who gets cancer that gets the cancer. Like it does impact all those that love and care about them too. So it's nice to see it from his perspective and from a male's perspective. So yeah, we're yeah. doing amazing things. I'm incredibly proud. We're about to start recording a new series soon. So really cool. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's what, yeah, I'm really excited because something, I mean, we've particularly followed um, Deborah very closely, mm. obviously, with yeah. our um, sort of focus on, on bowel conditions. And it's something that is, surprising when I, I sort of subscribed to it I thought oh I'm gonna have to be in a particular mood to listen to this but actually no it's really funny and light in places and lovely yeah. and whilst it's you know it is tough it's not you kind of just make it a little bit more of a, a conversation that you feel that you can be a part of rather than something like Christ you better sit down and have this cancer chat now you know yeah. it's just far less formal than that yeah yeah it's what we always said like we just want to talk about cancer like it's extenders like have a conversation that's a whole part of breaking taboos down is normalizing conversations if you can get things normalized and makes people more comfortable talking about them that's when change happens that's when realizations happen um yeah and it does smash stigmas and it smashes myths so that's why we do what we do and like you know also as well like it's it's a tip of an iceberg for us like we're three white privileged people in the UK there's so many more cancer experiences that's why we always have guests on um because we want to be able to give loads of different insight into what cancer looks like for us over here um Mm. but yeah I'm just really proud to be a part of it and I will forever be grateful to Rachel for asking me to because it's changed my life yeah totally and have you finally said having a male perspective have you found that's changed your audience slightly because I don't know whether you found that we've certainly found a lot of people that write into us it's predominantly women Mm. that are then talking about it and then kind of men are slowly coming forward and saying that they would talk to us but they wouldn't necessarily talk to their friends about it is is that a similar thing that you found yeah I think as well for Steve I think it's having someone they've like people have lost their wives I think it's widowers um I think that's been a really big thing because you know that is a big part of cancer, unfortunately, is the loss. And been able to have someone who, you know, talks about his life moving forward, talks about getting into a relationship again, talks about having and raising Freddie on his own is so important. Um, and there's not many places you can hear that, especially from a man, because this isn't me gender generalising people at all. But, you know, we know that in terms of, you know, girls will, you know, we chat in the toilets, we talk this, we talk mm-hmm. that. Um for men I think it's harder to have those deeper conversations or you know have having those conversations with someone who gets it I think is the main thing um so even if someone may not want to talk to anybody they can tune in and hear Steve and feel heard which is a really important thing definitely yeah absolutely I mean it's remarkable of him as well it can't be an easy thing for him to sort of talk about or, or relive but it does feel like the most natural sort of passing the baton on to him sort of taking over and I just think that's really really wonderful um we also wanted to ask you I mean it's fine if if not but we wanted to talk to you about the girl versus can- cancer the tit tea shop yes. because we are really really into the designs um what is that campaign about and where do the proceeds go and everything? I know the places do you know what that the titties were the first thing. So they were the first idea I had. I was like, I want to talk about, get young women talking about tits and their breasts and checking their breasts in a really cool, fun way that raises money for charity. So I was like, I'm going to just put slogans for the words we call our tits in a really cool, slow, like in a font. Um, I worked in fashion and blogging and I knew they'd sell. So I was like, I'll do yeah. this. So I did <laughs> like, being like the little Londoner that I am, like knockers, fun bags, jubblings, <laughs> like... It's the, the burger lips for me. It gets yeah. me. Yeah. Well, that's so a collaboration good. with Patty and Bun, the uh, restaurant. Ah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So, and it's just grown and developed and it's, it's so, it's, it's so fun. And it like the teas, the cancer t-shirts, the breast cancer t-shirts go to four different charities. So that's Trek Stock, Look Good, Feel Better, Future Dreams and Copperfield. Um, and then I've done mm. ones that separately. So like the Give a Shit ones were for bowel cancer. And then I did one in honor of my friend Jack at the start of last year that was for a hospice that he used um and then the superhero one that i did this year was for a brand new cancer app called alike which is changing the way that cancer patients connect so which is on i back and i think it's amazing so it's nice to be able to produce stuff that can support loads of different places give loads of different places airtime um but yeah they it's it's a shop that develops and and i've got the basic stock there that will live on the site forever but then i do like the the give a shit ones I do the pre-order campaigns now to be more sustainable and also like get people excited and make it limited edition of fun so yeah it's just um it's a tip tea shop but to be honest it's more I've I've kind of changed it now to more like merch that matters because it's it's no longer just about tits it's like all cancers you know 
Mm-hmm. And I think I think everyone's getting fucking bored of seeing breast cancer t-shirts. I mean, it's, they're everywhere now. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's do something different. <laughs> and get some sort of anus trousers that we could wear. I don't yeah, know, something. Yeah, some kind of knicker. I, mean, I think yeah. me and Deb talked about next year maybe doing an underwear set, which I think would be really fun. I think Give yes. a Shit campaign will come around every year with different iterations. But yeah, it's yeah. done really well. Yeah. and It's got people talking. So it's good. Amazing. Lauren, we do like to share a toilet tale on this podcast. Do, do any come to mind I've got, for you? you know, I've got two. Actually, I've got three. <laughs> Feel free to share. Oh, his, yeah, they're all coming out. Two are cancer-based. One is not. Okay. I'll do the cancer-based ones and I'll leave you on a high with the third. Oh, my goodness. Okay, okay here we go. So Strap in, kids. The first one was my first chemo. You don't know how it's going to affect you. And um, it's for me it was really really bad constipation like never felt yeah. before but because you're so lucid from all the drugs you're on all this kind of stuff steroids all that stuff um I was going to talk about I was really pushing and I managed to give myself an anal fissure so I gave myself an anal tear oh babe um which is horrible and like the pain of trying to go to the toilet was unbearable and I remember just breaking down to my mum going if how am I going to do six months if I can't even take a shit properly um but yeah <laughs> basic that was, right yeah but I, that was an interesting one because that was I went to the doctor for that and in order to check they had to put a finger up and that was the first thing I ever had up my bum um and I was like okay, yeah, it so be the last. I was like <laughs> yeah. oh right so I wish I'd done this at uni now I bloody wouldn't have had that <laughs> shot um, <laughs> But um, yeah, so that was really painful. So like all my friends were off to Bless Amsterdam me. for my friend's um, birthday. And I remember messaging them going, well, I've just had a, a trip up a different kind of canal. Um, <laughs> my doctor's finger. Different so that canal was hard. And then that was, a, that was then like, obviously for the next chemo, we need to use like, um, like stool softeners. And I had to hang yes. yourself for the duration because my bum, I don't think it has ever been the same, to be honest. It was so painful. Oh, um, but that's life and yeah. then the second one was um late much later into my treatment actually I think it was like chemo six um so I was quite near the end and I used to run myself these lovely aromatherapy oil baths of an evening oh to gosh. help my bones because my bones are really yeah. achy my muscles ached I was really tired so I'd get up and I'd run these baths and I had a particularly rough night's sleep the house was quite cold that I was living in the heat and I'd gone and I was like, oh, for God's sake. So I ran this really nice bath. And, you know, you're really looking forward to getting into this bath. Oh, and I got yeah. into this lovely warm bath and there was all the bubbles and I had candles lit and I got in and I coughed. No. And what I thought was a fart was a poo. <sighs> and a lovely little nugget just floated to the top of the bath. No. And I was just like, it's <laughs> like those lush bath bombs where you put them in and all the, the things come out that you didn't need. Yeah, I didn't need that. So I would just remember sitting there. I wanted to cry, but I laughed and I just sent my sister uh, a text and it had poo emoji, bath emoji, monkey covering eyes emoji. And she was like, <laughs> I don't even want to imagine what's just happened there. So yeah, I had to get out of the bath and get rid of it. I was just like, oh my no, God. But did oh, you then get back in? No, I got out of the bath, got rid of the bath. Yeah, I was like, God, oh, dear, she's not going to bath in shitty water, no, is she? Come on. No, no, back not in. for me. Not for me. No, it wasn't, <laughs> that, it wasn't that clean of a poo, so I had to get out. Okay, you yeah. made it sound like it was just like one little nugget. No, it just was, like... but then like, it was just, yeah, tendrils and stuff. Yeah. Okay, all right, fine. And then also I kind of realised I probably need to go to the toilet because something's going on. Yeah, something's going on. Just check that yeah. one out. So yeah. That was, okay. and then the final one I'll leave you with, which was a joy. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Which, <laughs> so, <laughs> so back in the days uh, when I first started dating on apps, had a had a first date. Went back to this guy's place. Didn't sleep with him. I was like, I'm gonna make yeah. him wait. I'm not gonna sleep with him. <laughs> we had a bit of a roll around. Slept together. Quite a heavy drinking night. Ate loads of food. Next morning, woke myself up and him because I farted so loudly into his crotch. I actually felt his penis vibrate against my ass, and I had to pretend to be asleep because he woke. I heard him crying, laughing, and I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god!" I had two more dates after that. I still didn't sleep with him though. Um, I was for life. But yeah, that happened. I mean, that's, that's the best wake up call ever. What a <laughs> way to start the day. But it happened, and this is really no one talks about this stuff. Like the fart chat when it comes to new relationships is always the most funny one because it happens. You're spending all this time together. I'm not saying you've got to start to sit there and raise your leg, but it's like if I need to go to toilet, I'll go to the bathroom and have a big fart. I have to do it. I don't hold it in yeah. anymore. But um, no. but yeah, my it was really funny because that <laughs> happened to me. But then my ex, I was dating a guy last uh, for a year. We ended last year, and I remember being like about three months in, and we've been sleeping together, and I woke up 
because he literally did the same thing to me. I was li- <laughs> I was big spooning him, and I don't say his name, but I I call him Bert. I went Bert. And he just went, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And I was like, oh, it wasn't. Who the fuck else is it going to be, Bert? But I laughed at him. But then there's been times that I've been, and I've leant over and I've farted. And I started laughing. I'm like, Oops. And he just ignored it. And I'm like, you're making it worse. Just laugh. You're making, yeah, you're making yeah, you it feel laugh. like it's something you've got to ignore, got to be ashamed Listen, of. You've got to at not, least acknowledge it. It's a bodily it. function. I'm not saying, yes. yeah, I said, like, you need to lift your leg up and fart. But once it's out every now and then, there's worse things have happened at sea. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my like, God, no. I've actually been spoken to because I, so I go to bed about an hour before my boyfriend because mm. we wake up at such different times. And he spoke to me the other day and he went, Claude, I've got to say something. Every night when I come in, I feel like I need to wear a mask because you are farting so much in your sleep. And he was like, I was going to like Claude, yeah. let it lie because I didn't want to bring it up. But he was like, I feel like I can't enter the room without just kind of yeah. wafting my hand away, getting one of those gas and air masks. Oh, then like, what am I saying, to do? Yeah, no, but it's also saying, okay, so I've got a bit of a stink situation. What's going on in my bowels? That's yeah. a good indicator. Yeah, there Put is that. Him, I'm raising it for you because there may be an issue you're dealing with. He did it in yeah. a kind of way that I felt like my granddad was talking to me, which was slightly annoying. But I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to have to put some sort of lavender bag around. I don't know. I don't I, I've heard guess. of um, pairs of knickers where there's a, a, a patch sewn into the asshole area that's scented mint. So every Ooh. time you fart, it's it's like a oh, puff I'm of not, mint not, that comes out. What I'm a like... shame Valentine's Day has only just got. <laughs> that would have been such yeah. a good gift I'm for just him. Like, living like it. Shit happens literally. Like let's all calm just down. Get, just go to sleep. Just, just let's I'm all only, calm down. A it's tiny just woman. Bums. It's not <laughs> that bad. It's just You'd be bums. surprised. Bums. I've, I've done some crackers in my time, and I'm tiny. You know. I mean, for sure. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. We're all powered by wind. Exactly. And I appreciate that. <laughs> just like the turbines. Uh, <laughs> Um, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. And you've given us three fantastic toilet tales, which oh, um, I can't sure wait to end up in the Daily Mail. <laughs> <laughs> Got them on the speed dial, ready Damn. to go. No, you'd be surprised at <laughs> things they pick up, and you're like, okay, where did I say that? <laughs> Of all the ones to come through. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Lauren, Mahan baths with yeah. nugget of shit. Can't find boyfriend because farts in crotch. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Stop what you're doing. Let's talk about pooing. So this is the part of the show where we read out your toilet tales and shameful shits uh claudia what do we... <laughs> shameful shits is good <laughs> thank you and woeful wheeze oh love it perfect yeah. and your i don't know i think i've run out of steam with that dazzling um... diary <laughs> <laughs> um and claudia what have we got in the bum book today Okay, so we put a little shout out on Instagram and boy did <laughs> did this person come through with a fantastic story. Um, so the email says, hey, seen your Instagram post and um, yeah, can you say you've got bowel problems if you haven't got an embarrassing story? I've got quite a few, which definitely can be classed as embarrassing, including shitting myself on a first date and shitting myself standing in the middle, in the middle of A&E. I'll go with that one. <laughs> so... One night, a couple of years ago, I was really, really ill. I was being sick, diarrhoea like I've never seen it before. I'd been on to 111, who then said I needed to get to A&E as soon as possible. In the meantime, as I was collecting some things as I knew I'd be staying in, I ran to the toilets, didn't make it in time, and shit all over my mam and dad's landing. Being too ill to clean it up left my boyfriend to do that. Then, made it to hospital, and in my own little room, suddenly thought, shit, I need to go right now. Ran out to the nurse's station to ask where to go, and it just happened. I couldn't stop. Everyone was looking. Night shift, so all staff were sat at the station. The doctor came over and said, are you okay? Are you going to be sick? And I just looked at him. Then looked down to the puddle of shit, pouring down my PJ leg and forming a puddle on A&E floor. The doctor just looked at me and said two words. Ah, diarrhoea. And that was it. I left the nurses to clean up my shit and never been able to live that moment down amongst my family. Love, Anonymous. I just... Incredible. I Also, I just love the approach of, oh, you're going to be sick? Ah, no, it's diarrhea. Like, <laughs> they must have seen it all to the point where, you, you know, you discovering pretty much at the same time that somebody else who's had her diarrhea, that they've had it. Um, I mean, you must have seen it in all... Oh, in order yeah. to be able to be that deadpan. 
And also, but it makes me, the way it's the art makes me think it's like a David Attenborough, like almost a, looking at lions, just like, ah, diarrhea. <laughs> just that, you know, looking out across the plain. It just, what, and the poor, poor people, <laughs> obviously the poor person who shut themselves, but imagine being in the vicinity and not knowing where to look because you feel terrible for that person, but... I say you don't want to look. Some people like this kind of stuff and they will want to see what's going on. I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Because I don't, in, in my head, I'm like, there's no way I'd want to see that. I don't think I'd be able to look away. No, no, you can't. It's like an eclipse. <laughs> an eclipse of the bum. Total eclipse of the bum. Oh my God. I'm so sorry you went through that though. That is, I mean, that's awful. And yet just hilarious. And I but love it's kind that of... all your family know. Sorry, honey. No, 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 go on. I was going to say, it's a bit like when you say, if you're going to get hit by someone on a road, you want to get hit by an ambulance, don't you? Like, because uh, if you're going to shit yourself, you're going to want to shit yourself. If you die, that is one really embarrassing funeral. How did she (laughs) die? She was hit by an ambulance. I mean, that is terrible, isn't it? that is just funny isn't it if i i'm sorry if i get hit and killed by an ambulance and you don't find that funny at least on some level i'll be annoyed <laughs> blimps kill over one, one americans, americans every year <laughs> but you know what i mean like if you're gonna shit yourself i'd rather shit myself in an a and e than shit myself in like the middle of debenhams yeah <laughs> that's very true i mean it's a wipe clean floor yeah um no carpets, although in Debenhams, you've got a very handy set of clothes nearby, I'm sure. Okay, yeah, fine. All right, so Debenhams is probably second. The, <laughs> I don't have where, to any. Where would you least like to shit yourself in terms of buildings? That's a very, very good question. And it's going to have to be something with lots of furnishings. Either, okay, either like a soft furnishing, soft furnishings shop. Yeah. You know, like beds, sofas, all around. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it would be a school in front of kids or like a bridal shop. That's why bridesmaids are so good. Yeah, that's why it's so, so good. Pristine. Anything just clean and pristine and crucially carpeted. Yeah. What about you? I, my first thought, and it's not that it's not the same route that you've gone down in terms of like cleaning up. My first thought was a museum. Oh, God, because you have to, to be, be quiet as well. Or like a library actually would probably be horrific because that Ooh. would be carpet. And but it's the idea of like God. it's so quiet that if even just by speaking you are making a scene. Yeah. So and everybody is so like so closely together that the smell is just going to go. Like you are shamed in a library, no matter what you do. Like you feel like a terrible person if you get a text that's on loud. Let yeah. alone you shit yourself all over their floor. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't <laughs> want to do it either. Let's just let's just agree to not do that. Everybody, go back to your seats. <laughs> <laughs> so if everybody, you could just not shit in the library. Great, but you know, again, libraries are great places to have public toilets. So hopefully, you would be fine. And I think books are sacred, but you've got endless loo roll there at the library to your yeah. disposal. Endless yeah. paper. Absolutely. So, you know, there are worse places to shit yourself than a library is what we've learned this week. Um, <laughs> should we take a moment to say thank you so much to Lauren? Oh, thank you, Lauren. You absolute babe. Loved it. Yeah. But, what but I'm, an I'm, insight. I'm, yeah, absolutely. And I'm surprised at how much I laughed during conversation predominantly about cancer well like she was saying nobody nobody wants to talk about it and 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 that you know what if you have that diagnosis suddenly all your friends just think of you as that sick person or they don't want to talk to you because they think the talk the chat is going to be miserable yeah when that's just not the case like but you know people are incredibly resilient in those moments and are able to discuss other things or talk about what they're going through in a frank relatable way i think i think people just don't want to be um confronted with their biggest fear which yeah. is you know it is cancer, cancer death. i think for so many people um, yeah absolutely and i think for a lot of people from what she was saying you know maybe they don't they want to deal with it privately or some people don't know how to talk about it but actually if it's something that is consuming you and consuming your thoughts talking about it is only going to help and i know i'm fortunate enough that as far as i'm aware i've never had cancer but i know that's certainly something that i'm going to make an effort 
to be open about all the time mm. and um i just thought yeah she, she was she was fascinating so yeah thank you so much lauren and if any of you want to um contact us um or let us know your thoughts we're always open to hear about that anything as well that you'd like us to cover if you heard the episode about bowel cancer you thought yeah that's interesting but actually can you do something about prostate cancer or colon cancer or any other medical conditions that are affecting your life please let us know because quite frankly we've run out of ideas (laughs) (laughs) there's only so long we can chat shit for guys come on now <laughs> so thank you so much. Please do uh, email us um at the official at gmail.com. Socials Claudes. You can find us at the underscore poodcast. Got it right. Go me. Yeah. I, I set you up for that because I no, you did remember. I could see you doing it and I was like, panic fucking stations. Sorry. About um, that. Yeah, those are the socials. Please feel free to slide into our DMs just as things slide out of you. Or in. Or in Christ, Baby, we it's need... Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> we need to leave it there, don't we? Okay. Right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Have a lovely day. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.